someone told me when I was looking for a job, you are also interviewing these companies. They're interviewing you, but you're interviewing them. You found Wolfpack Career Chats, and this is Marcy Bullock from the Career Development Center at North Carolina State University. I'm the creator of the podcast. Welcome to season four. This season will focus on versions of you, who you were, who you are, and who you will be, and we'll have exciting guests explore their journey. We're all still cooking friends, so no one put a fork in us yet. Enjoy this episode. Hello, this is Shreya Kumar on the Pack Career Chats podcast, and our guest is now going to be introducing herself. Hi, my name is Claire Smith. I am Associate Counsel at Cineos Health, and I'm happy to be on the podcast. Thank you so much for being here and for allowing me to interview you. So tell us how you got to where you are today. It's kind of a long story. It starts in undergrad when I was at UNC Chapel Hill and I was involved in an organization called Enrich that paired up UNC students with people in the Chapel Hill and Carborough communities who were trying to learn English and English wasn't their first language. So through that experience, I met a lot of people in Chapel Hill and Carborough that were not U.S. citizens, that were either undocumented or here in the U.S. on work visas or in the U.S. for school. And that sparked my interest in immigration law. And I really took that interest and ran with it and got involved in everything I could immigration, farm workers' rights, all of that, and decided to go to law school to become an immigration lawyer. Well, I'm not an immigration lawyer now. After graduating law school in the middle of the pandemic, I joined a business immigration law firm, and I was there for about a year and a half when I realized, wow, what I went to law school for is not like my ultimate dream. I'm not really happy there. So I started looking for jobs where I could find a little more work-life balance, but still make a difference. So I wound up at Cineos Health, which is a contract research organization, and it's been a great move. And I'm, I'm really happy with the change that I've recently made. Well, that sounds amazing. I'm glad you're happy with the change. So you mentioned working with undocumented immigrants and just other people on visa. So were those a result of internships that you did before deciding to go to law school? Or are there specific internships you would recommend, like specific types that would help you understand what law school would be like? So while I was in undergrad, I did an internship with Student Action with Farm Workers, which is an organization. Its mission is to empower college students and high school students to advocate and work with farm workers for farm workers' rights. It was a really positive experience, and it was extremely eye-opening um, to realize that farm workers are the backbone of a lot of the North Carolina economy, and they. Um, oftentimes are not treated well. Um, so I did that internship in undergrad. And after undergrad, I was a paralegal at an immigration law firm for a year while I was applying to law school. So I got the chance to see if what I was interested in was something that I would want to build a career on. 
that's very helpful for me because I will be graduating December. So I do have that gap semester before I can start law school in the fall. So I'm trying to look for internships that are actually very similar to the ones you just described, because I, I think it would be a very helpful experience to, especially as a paralegal, to know if that's exactly what you want to do. So thank you for that. Yeah, I absolutely recommend for people who are interested in law school to if you can try to be a legal assistant or an intern or a law clerk at a nonprofit or at a law firm, it's a great way to get experience and test out if you like the environment. Thank you. So what made you decide to go to UNC Law? Were there other law schools you applied to? And what was your criteria when deciding which law school to get into? Well, I went to UNC for undergrad and I love Chapel Hill. I love the environment. I I'm really thankful for the education I got there. And when deciding to go to law school, I did not want to take out a lot of loans. I received a great tip from friends who were in law school that had negotiated their scholarships or had worked to receive certain scholarships so they didn't have to take out a bunch of loans. So that was what I was kind of aiming towards when I was applying to law school. I wanted to graduate without a lot of loans. And UNC is a phenomenal law school. It's public. And I, I'd heard great things. And there was a lot, there was a heavy um, influence with public interest, which is something I was interested in when I was applying. So it really checked all my boxes. And I was able to negotiate a scholarship that would allow me not to take any loans. That is helpful because I've been looking into that as well. A lot of scholarships at the moment, I'm looking at Georgetown. It's a bit of a reach school, but I'm hoping I'm definitely going to be applying there and definitely UNC because close to home. And like you said, I don't want to graduate with a lot of loans. Absolutely. I mean, I recommend applying for the reach schools and really seeing what you can do with the numbers that you have, it's totally worth it. So what is the structure of law school? I'm curious, do you get to pick classes your first year? Your first year you take, I think it's, there are like eight or nine core classes that you take over a year. They're split in like four and four. And later on in your second and third year, you get to pick your classes pretty much completely, depending on where you go. That was the structure of UNC. And you get to take a lot of experiential ed classes, which I found really interesting. I was in a clinic, so I represented as a student practitioner. I represented an immigration case. I got to go to an immigration center and represent a client in an interview. So there are so many opportunities to actually practice law in law school, which is really cool. And one of the reasons that I would recommend UNC is their clinic program is outstanding. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Because I do like the idea of getting experience while being in law school. So that sounds fantastic. So this class is women in the workforce and you are an awesome woman in the workforce, but there are challenges that come with that. So I'm curious, have you experienced any sort of discrimination just based on your gender alone? I'm in a male dominated industry. I would say that law can be pretty heavy on the men depending on which law firm you're at or which industry you're in. And you really need to 
be confident and stand up for yourself and kind of firm in your convictions. Discrimination, I'm not sure. I don't know if it happens behind the scenes. It might, I'm not sure, but it's it's hard to say whether or not I have. There have definitely been instances where I feel like I have been treated differently as a woman and a male colleague wouldn't have said something that he did if I were a man, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my next question was going to be about microaggressions, so that makes a lot of sense. Would you like to elaborate on those? Sure. I have had some experiences where male colleagues have acted in a way that seemed like they were trying to intimidate me just based on their body language and the language that they used and how they communicated with me instead of going through supervisors or other channels like our usual communication channels. I've had instances where they kind of default from the norm to, I don't want to say reprimand, but I I would say call out or speak to me a little bit more harshly than they would if they were going through the normal channels. And in those instances, I attempted to document the best I could and send that back to my supervisor who this feedback should have gone through in the first place. It's kind of hard to create a paper trail or a documentation of that when stuff happens over the phone. But in those situations, I just tried to recreate the situation as best I could and make sure that others were aware of what was going on. Were there any consequences to those people? From what I understand, that person was talked to by my supervisor. And in that situation, after they were talked to by my supervisor, they kind of doubled down on their treatment of me. They came back to me and without going through my supervisor again, said, your supervisor told me this, that you said. So it kind of created an environment where I didn't want to not report, but not really document or escalate instances where I felt uncomfortable. So other than reporting to your supervisor, do you have any other recommendations of how to deal with things like that? I would say it's really unfortunate when it happens and I would not, this sounds too light, but don't take it personally, but also mm-hmm. keep these instances documented, whether you are reporting or not, if they happen more than once, then you'll want to have a record if they are to ever escalate, or if you do decide you want to report them through the appropriate channels. That's very helpful. Thank you. And so did you have any fears about entering the workforce since it was a male dominated industry, or did you have a fear that ended up just not being a big deal? I'd say entering the law profession as a young woman, I was always worried about like dressing professionally and all of that and making sure that like you look put together um, and professional and that's really not proven to ever be an issue. Um, And also just being taken seriously um, as a young woman in the profession. For the most part, that's been great. Um, I will say that when I was working with, um, when I was in immigration law, some of my clients didn't really take me seriously um, because I was a young woman. I'm sure that they looked me up on LinkedIn and saw like, oh, this girl graduated six months ago. Um, I'm going to try to go around her to her supervisor. 
Um, but you just kind of, you have to power through those situations, unfortunately, and tell the client, look, I know what I'm doing and I'm here to help you. I'm going to help you as best I can. Yeah, that does not surprise me. Were there language barriers and other things like that when you were working with the immigration area? Occasionally there were language barriers and there were just cultural differences that you got to work with. If you're an immigration lawyer, you're working with people all around, all around the globe. So you have to accept that they have different values and norms that we don't have or I don't have personally. Yeah, that makes sense. So have you ever been rejected by a job offer? So many, so <laughs> many, especially when I was trying to switch from my most recent job to my current job. I was job hunting for probably six or seven months. And like, I can't even list the amount of rejections that I got in that time. But at the same time, I, I used what Marcy has taught me, Professor okay. Bullock, and I really networked hard. And I will chalk getting my current job up to networking and using that network to find opportunities. That's awesome. Yeah. So, but how do you stay positive with all of these rejections? Because that's something I struggle with a lot. At times it's just, it's really hard to stay positive, but someone told me when I was looking for a job, like you are also interviewing these companies like they're interviewing you, but you're interviewing them and you have to make a choice that's going to be best for you. And if they're rejecting you, that's not the best choice for you. And you'll find an opportunity that's going to work out. So you have to be in it for the long haul sometimes, unfortunately. Yeah. It takes patience. <laughs> Definitely. Mm -hmm. So we talked about a fear you had when entering the workforce, but was there something that caught you off guard while you were entering the industry after law school? I think in law school, you go from just being a student and you're in class every day and you're doing your readings and all that. You're taking exams and it's a really fast transition to, I am a lawyer. There are consequences to my actions now and like my decisions can impact my client's livelihood or well-being. So I think that shift, you're not prepared for that, but you have to trust that you've been trained well enough to handle that. So, you know, being a woman in the workforce, a lot of the time you're expected or you would be looked down upon if you choose personal life over your work sometimes. So, so how do you deal with the work-life balance? So in my previous job, I saw some examples of people really, unfortunately, sacrificing their, their personal life or their job. They would be on their phones at all hours. They have their work email on their personal phone instead of having the work phone. And I saw that as like... <laughs> really depressing and something that I was not interested in, or I would get emails from them at like 1am or midnight, I'm like, what are you doing? Why aren't you sleeping? <laughs> and I saw that as something that I just am not interested in. And luckily, when I was interviewing for new jobs, I was really discerning about work-life balance. I know it's intimidating to ask in an interview, like, what's the work-life balance like? Because you don't want to seem lazy. But I asked in all of my interviews, I asked like, what is the expectation for hours? 
nights and weekends, all of that. And I found that in my current role, it's eight to five. And maybe if you have a call with a sponsor who's in a different country, so you're working with a different time zone, there's a little bit of maybe needing to work like seven to six, something like that, but nothing crazy. And there really is no giant expectation to be working around the clock. So I think it really depends on the culture of the company or the law firm. And sometimes just it gets busy and you have to, you know, the balance weighs out one way or the other, but it did not come easily to get work-life balance. That's good. I never thought to ask that at interviews. Cause like you said, I'm always afraid that makes them think that, oh, that I'm going to want to take a lot of vacations and things like that. But you're right. It, it is very helpful. Yeah. And you mentioned having a work phone. So is that like, would you recommend doing something like that? Like having separate devices for work and your personal life to make it easier? Absolutely. I think it makes it so much easier when you're like texting with your friends, you're not seeing stuff come up on, on your personal phone that makes your brain go directly back to work. I have my office upstairs and after work, I bring my work phone downstairs just to look at it once or twice, just to kind of have an idea of what's coming for me for the next day. But I'm not constantly seeing reminders of work or my to-do list if I don't want to. That's awesome. Yeah. So one final question, what's the best advice you could leave a student who's about to go to law school and then enter the law field in the next three and a half years? So what's the best advice you give me? So stay curious and open to opportunities. Don't get a one-track mind. Um, and stay true to yourself. There are a lot of external pressures in law school and a lot of opportunities for comparison and like not feeling good enough, but just know that you're doing your best and you are good enough. If you end up going to law school, you earned your spot there and no one can take that away from you. That's really helpful. And I needed to hear that. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's something that I needed to hear over and over again while I was in law school. I had friends who were had recently graduated or were a year or two ahead of me, and they would kind of bring me back down to earth. And you really need that because sometimes you can get a little bit of like a hive mind, which happens to everyone. And you just need a little bit of reassurance sometimes. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for doing this interview once again. Thank you for your time and everything. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. 